from Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file recommendations, make reports, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. One day, maybe we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is the sub-sub-basement, but until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So, here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello! What? You'll have to speak up. Sorry, I've fallen into a depression. Oh no, um... Hence the echo. Yes, yes, I understand. Uh, I have some some rope of of, of of hope. Some hope rope. Hope on a rope? Hope on a rope. I will lower it down to you. It's also soap. So if, if, you, if you're feeling a little dusty, uh, you can use it to wash yourself. But not okay. too much. Otherwise, you'll, you'll use it all up and be stuck in that, in that hole of depression. Kind of sudsy and despairing. I'm kind of content. In my depression, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here. Oh, I see. You just you're just one of those people who likes to live in despair. I'm wallowing in it. I'm splashing around at the bottom of my depression. Wow, I'm I'm up I'm up here. I've I've dug a slew of despond. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got You've little, been little, busy. <laughs> yeah, I got a little boat just paddling around in my slew of despond, fishing nice. for for like you know fish of misery. I I don't know. Considering we're both in a great place for a meeting, we should have one. Yes, yes. Um, shall we take attendance? We should. Okay. Uh, first attendee is a thumbprint coffee ring. No, nope. no strange thumbprint. name. Some. Well, I mean, it's it's weird because they don't they didn't write their name out on the sheet. They it's literally a thumbprint and a and a coffee ring. Well, you, apparently they did that and then they just didn't show up. I, I would, you know, I, I'm not surprised. They kind of, it seems a little flighty not to even write your name down, but just do like this crazy, like ideogram of, of your name. Yeah. Well, okay, Mr. or Ms. or MX uh, coffee ring. Vaya um, con Dios. Uh, but you, well, we'll have you as a guest and you are. Um, I'm Paul Deshane. You're Paul Deshane. Okay. Yeah. Paul Deshane in a pit of depression. Okay. All right, and next up, uh, ooh, we have um, mealworm peanut shell. Mealworm peanut shell? Oh, uh, heck, there goes a mealworm. So just, just peanut off. shell. Just peanut shell. So by the mononym peanut shell. By the mon- yes, yes. The artist formerly known as peanut shell, or currently known as peanut shell. Anyway, uh, Mr. P. Shell does not appear to be here either. So I'll just put myself down. Uh, I'm trying to do what's um, Aiden Morgan. Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay, no problem. Okay, I said that oh. quietly so people wouldn't know that you'd forgotten your name. We've been here for a while. Sometimes the details slip. So yeah, so it goes. Okay, so there's you, there's me. We're here. Do we have quorum? Well, not quite. Although we're closer because we have somebody else here. Oh, we do. Yes. Uh, well, I have uh, Jacques Brasseur. Yeah, uh, that's me. Oh, hey, good. Okay. Wow. And uh, got your name right and everything. Yeah, that's that's surprising. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm I'm rather impressed with myself. 
I'm glad I've, I'm glad I've come back enough times, you know? That's right. But yeah, I might have been, I might have been reading an old, old, like, attendance sheet. So, right. there you go. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Good. Good. There's been a few developments since we had you on the last time. I honestly have not been paying attention. Did you miss the election? The big federal one? Uh, no, I knew about that. And I think that maybe distracted me from my one true love, which is municipal politics. So I did not pay enough attention to what was happening locally because um, I was too busy paying attention to nothing else changing. You bring up your one one true love being municipal, um, like City Hall, uh, which I think, you know, it's safe to say that it's, it's true for Aiden and I as well, considering what we do down here. I just want to sort of like jump ahead in the agenda to one of my own hobby horses, because I think that I think that the three of us can come to, you know, sort of like an agreement about the unnecessity, the lack of necessity of any other layer of government beyond the municipal. And I think that especially like of late where we've been living what almost two years through a pandemic with a provincial government that has done as far as I can tell, like nothing except like whine and moan about how. Well, that's not true. Our provincial government has done a really good job of just like reminding healthcare professionals that maybe they just need to work a little bit harder to counter some of the disinformation. Hold on. Wait, was that the provincial government that's been doing all that? <laughs> I, I, I thought it was like a really bad, like staging of our town that was going on for like the last years. <laughs> no, I believe, uh, I think that that was Scott Moe who recently oh. just really, you know, called, I, I think really it's like the, you know, the doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals across the Saskatchewan just really weren't paying attention until Scott Moe, like, finally, you know, just called on them to just, like, do something, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah he said you, they should really provide, you know, uh, guidance and, and uh, yeah, health care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but I think, yeah, okay, but to your point, Paul. If you are, you know, in a position of power and you see people getting sick and the number of sick people piling up and the dead stacked like cordwood, the first impulse is to say hey doctors do 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 your job yep exactly hey i came up with some uh, some scott mo uh, anecdotes um just a couple quick ones uh scott mo uh went to china i uh, went to the great wall and he said hey you guys should really build a wall here <laughs> so and, and then he went then he went to mcdonald's and he was like have you thought about burgers just just a hint so that's, that's, you know, thank, thank the sweet Lord. We have Scott mode. Yeah. To just really tell us what we should be doing. Yeah. Just really drop some wisdom. If only he like, you know, if only he was in control of what was happening, it really, maybe things would be a lot better. Um, yeah, exactly. But he's just, oh. he just, he just has to give everybody advice and you know, it's, he sort of has no control over whether or not they take it. So. But you remember when Foot Locker uh, didn't sell anything at all, just empty boxes? And he went there and said, you should put some shoes in these, these here boxes. And, and they did. And, and now they're Foot Locker, as th- th- that we know and love. Wow. What would we do without him? <laughs> we wouldn't know uh, what to do. Yeah. We just would sit around and wait for him to tell us. Maybe just focus on municipal politics. 
Yeah. And I like, can't we just disband Scott Moe and the SAS, like their whole government, both parties, just get rid of them both. Because I, I really think that if we had just left it up to doctors to deal with this pandemic, they would have done a better job if they could have just done their job without any interference. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if Scott Moe just gave them a credit card and said, go nuts. Well, and it would probably end up being cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm just, just baffled uh, by the whole thing. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of really great doctors online who are really like, in my head, like simultaneously like healing people while also like being like a social media influencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, God, I feel like being a social media influencer would just be like hard enough because of the <laughs> internet, uh, let alone like also being trying to balance another thing that's really difficult, which is like medicine. I don't know. My heart goes out to all of those incredible doctors and healthcare professionals who are like working so hard to just like have those conversations. I think it was Dr. Wong, Alex Wong, who was on, I think he was on maybe Global or CBC the other day saying like, you know, he tries to have as many conversations as he can with people who are just like, you know, like needy and, you know, like unsure about the vaccine or whatever, but those are like, you know, half hour, 45 minute, 60 minute conversations. Um, And I'm just like, geez, like other people take a minute, you know? Well, To get a medical degree, one of the things that you have to do is sort of develop really good time management skills because there's a lot of different things that you have to juggle and a lot of different, like you're doing a lot of different types of tasks over the course of a day. And you can, you know, you can balance those things. And then when you throw like a new thing, like a new ball into your juggling act, like being a social media influencer, uh, you are, you have the, you have the skills to do it. Anyways, what's been going on at City Hall as I've been paying too much attention to federal politics? Uh, Well, first of all, a thing you should know, Jack, is that uh, you have until October 4th to apply to be on a city committee. I have looked at that multiple times. And each time I've been seriously disappointed at the lack of committees that interest me. I love committees. I love committees. If there was a committee that interested me, I would join it. We don't have as many as we used to, but this time the Regina Planning Commission is looking for members and that's a big honking deal. Would you suggest that I put my name forward for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then you can spill the tea on what goes behind the scenes at the RPC. I'm worried that it would not, it would cause an issue for me to be able to come on the show and just like, just like trash city hall the way that I do. No, because oh, you, you'd, you'd be co-opted is what you're saying. Maybe. No, you should use, you could use a pen name when you're on the RPC. <laughs> I like that you suggest I use a pen name <laughs> on our RPC <laughs> instead of on QCID. I appreciate right. that. Well, I mean, your, your listeners know me too well for me yeah. to convince anybody otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. So use, use your alias in real life from now on. Right. Yeah. What other city? What other city committees do you think folks? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Should really join accessibility advisory board of police commissioners. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, board of revision, development appeals board, uh, RPC. As I said, between all of the all of the committees, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they all they all have like they all have vacancies. Sorry, uh, public library board. Uh, Regina Downtown BID and the Regina Warehouse BID. And we know for a fact those last two 
tons of fun. Oh, absolutely. And one of them even sponsors our show. It's true. That's the warehouse BID. Well, there you go. I, I would actually kind of, I would, I would think you should uh, maybe apply to the uh, police uh, board because Me? it's a, just a short, yeah, it's a short step from there to becoming chief of police after Evan Bray steps down. Right. Well, and or, then, or vanishes uh, in a mysterious accident. <laughs> I don't know that I am. Um, I don't know that I could be chief of police. I feel like in order to be the chief of something, you have to believe in its legitimacy. But what if you're there under under a pen name? Under a right. pen name. And you're there um, to like subvert the system. I just, I, I just feel like that's one of those situations where uh you know people and i think that this is the problem with anybody who's like i'm gonna change the system from within is like once you get into the system you're just like corrupted by the power and like corrupted by the system and then you're and then you just start like you know you're like the guy who's like they're not all bad apples without (laughs) remembering like the rest of that phrase right so but but if you went in with a really cool pen name like just throwing this one out there todd monterey I mean, you could probably get anything done you wanted with a name like that. I would maybe suggest that somebody else join the police board of commissioners. There know. are some I... really good folks on there. Like Juliet Bushi is on there. She's like a really phenomenal mm-hmm. activist. You know, I think that there's some really great people on that. To me, I think if we're talking about like, I would be interested in sitting on some type of like civilian oversight body of the Regina Police Service, but I'm not interested in like being on the board of the police committee. Okay, one more sales pitch. Okay. If you were on the uh, board of police commissioners, you would be a commissioner and we could call you a commission. Okay, of all your arguments, that is the best one. (laughs) Okay, I think if, so I forget who it was. I think it was Dr. Dr. Michelle Stewart who like in a police commissioner board meeting talked about the importance of like, or like sort of challenging like this weird process during those meetings where people just like compliment the police, right? Like that's like a common, that's like a common part of the meeting. And I think if I, if I joined that board, my first thing would be like, we are now reading like mean tweets. Like I would just get like, like, one, like once every meeting, I pull up like five tweets and make like Chief Evan Bray read them. I would love that. Yeah. And we could put it on YouTube. I think that that would be like a good, a good series. Yeah. So. Yeah, I really like that idea. Okay, well, if we can't convince you to go on, anybody else can who's listening. October 4th is your deadline, and you can apply. And we can get more information on all the commissions that have um, and committees that have vacancies at regina.ca slash your voice, all one word. And for all those listening, if if Jack doesn't take uh, the name Commissioner Todd Monterey, you can have it. Yep. It's yours. Todd Monterey is, an, is a name that gets things done. True. Around here? Yes. Hey, I should mention we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and we're here with Jack Brasseur talking about what's been going on at City Hall. Um, One of the committees that actually has a vacancy is, uh, I haven't spoken about yet, uh, because it's brand new. It It was just like wished into existence at the September 15th council meeting, which we haven't spoken about. And that is the city center core development advisory committee and that sounds uh, like a great committee that is probably made up of like a lot of people who just like 
don't have any like particular uh particular like connection to maybe stakeholders in that and it's just like community members who are like passionate about building like an accessible safe you know logical uh community informed city that's what that committee sounds like you'd like to think that wouldn't you i'm wrong well maybe not i mean so the committee is supposed to be about uh, advising city council on any kind of like developments or uh, any changes or approach approaches to advance the core of the city, including like real, the downtown and the warehouse district. Um, and that seems like a noble goal. And it's, uh, it's th- this like sort of like uh, bringing together a whole bunch of different groups that are working at different purposes and trying to get them all, you know, going in the right direction and paying attention that to the sounds like, downtown plan. That just, sounds like a working group more than like an right, people. Right. Yeah, it, it kind of is. Like, it's like a working group. I think that's kind of the idea here. They've called it the advisory committee. It's a terrible name. Like, it's the City Center Core Development Advisory Committee. So the CCCDAC. So the CCCDAC. <laughs> I don't know who comes up with like that. But I guess if I have a concern, uh, it's that uh, the, co- the composition of the committee is uh, one person from the city of Regina, so an administration person, uh, one person from economic development Regina, which is, you know, like tourism Regina and uh, sort of their business development agency. That's It's an arm's length organ- a nonprofit organization run by the city. Uh, one nonprofit representative that's located in the city center, two private development representatives, one representative from Reconciliation Regina, two members from city council who are not voting, so they're non-voting members, and then also a representative from the Regina Downtown Business Improvement District, a representative from the Regina Exhibition Association Limited, and a representative from the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. And all these sound like great groups to bring together when you're consulting about, you know, development in the core, but the issue that sort of, I think, is warranted being considered was that both of the bids, Regina Exhibition Association Limited and Economic Development Regina already have private developers on their boards of directors. Right. So, so it just feels like a lot of like private developers involved. Yeah. And this is what this is what I have a hard time with. So like I, because of my involvement with like LGBT communities and like activism, I'm often like asked to join committees related to like LGBTQ inclusion. And I am often like one or two, maybe three of like eight or ten people on a committee mm. who identifies LGBT. And the idea right? It's like, well, we need like multiple stakeholders and we need to make sure that like, you know, it's not only like one group who's like determining priorities. So like, ah, like, so, and it just feels really sometimes like for things that you'd think everybody on that committee should be like a part of these systems. Uh, Often they're challenged by that and told that it's like too biased. But then you have committees like this where it's like the whole committee is made up of either like yeah, private developers or people who are like connected or like whose profits, you know, or like success is directly tied to the success of private developers. Um, So to me, it just feels like a city facilitated like lobbying group. Mm -hmm. And like, do we need that? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I wonder what it's going to be like, because uh, with advisor groups, typically what happens is uh, if an issue comes before planning commission and then to council, uh, the advisory group will send somebody to advocate for whatever it is they're advising city on. And, but at the same time, so like, this is going to be like, this is going to be a board that has two private developers on it, probably dream and Harvard, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And then, is Dream, is Dream and Harvard then going to go to council on their own to advocate for these things as well? And then the bids as well. Like, it just seems like um, everybody is, developers are getting like multiple chances to consult on things where for the rest of us, we get our five minutes of council. Or if you're the, you know, Queen City Improvement Bureau, you send your reports upstairs, but nobody reads them. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels strange to me. What do you think, Aiden? I agree. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I just want to say I've been listening really carefully and I like everything that I've heard so far. Okay. What do you think that like a private developer, if, like if they, if they were in this room with us, what, mm. do you think, like, what do you think they'd say? They'd be like, no, no, no. Like this makes sense because what do you think they'd say? They would say it makes sense that they would get the lion's share of attention because they put in money and they build this city up from nothing. And we should be grateful that right. they even deign to. I mean, it's, uh, maybe maybe I'm, I'm taking it a bit far, but it's I mean, this is part of you know, Regina, Regina's like ongoing sort of idea that developers are sort of inherently more worthy of, of determining the city of this future than its citizens or its politicians, frankly. And yeah. I don't, and I don't see anything substantial changing with that, despite a more progressive council. I have yet to see anything that really tells me differently. Yeah. Did yeah. you see that thing? I don't know. I mean, it's sort of related, but sort of tangential that thing in Berlin where they like the government just like uh, the government took control of like, 200,000 like rental units from like mega mm -hmm. landlords. So like mega landlords who owned more than I think like 2,500 properties, they just like seized the government yeah. just like seized properties to use for public housing. Yeah. I mean, we commonly claim about how, how limited our government's powers here are here on various levels in North America. To some extent that's true, but I think it's just the Overton window uh, on that is just, slammed shut like the notion that we could sort of actually take that control is has become foreign to our thinking so we but don't like i saw that and i was like man that sounds awesome the ndp did that in the 70s here and um we're still dealing the conservatives are still angry about it so there you go no. yep. trudeau did something like that with oil in the 60s and they hate his son for it they and they will they'll they'll hate trudeau's children and the children's children yeah Anybody with a T in their last name, <laughs> mud in this province. Yeah. Well, you know, I can dream. All right. Well, um, we're actually coming up to the, uh, the half hour. So that's, that's innovative revenue tools time. Oh, yeah. I don't suppose anybody has an innovative revenue tool. Once again, I forgot to like, uh, you know, speak to the subcommittee on that. <laughs> Well, I was having a long conversation with Jack earlier, and they said they had like a really great innovative revenue tool. Oh, Jack, do tell. I, okay, I have just, so I don't know a lot about what's going on at council recently, 
But I do know that Mayor Masters talked a little bit about donuts. I guess she's really mm. into donuts, which is, or not really into donuts. She has a I, problem with them. Yeah, she has a problem with them. But I was thinking that we could maybe get her on board with donuts if we, the city, opened up a donut stand right outside of City Hall. And this is what I'm thinking. So I worked at the University of Regina for a few years and every start of the semester, Sastel would sponsor a free cinnamon donut stand in the Riddell and you get free donuts all the time. And people were just like constantly there, constantly engaging, you know, always like productive because they were just like stoked on the donuts. So I was thinking, taking those two ideas in mind, we could get a donut stand sponsored by some oil companies. They love they love putting their name on city stuff. Or mm. so I've heard. <laughs> and we could just uh, we could just sell donuts. We could just sell donuts up front outside of the city, outside of city hall. I love maybe this. have different themes, you know. Mm-hmm. Some um, maybe a donut with like a really really big hole, and we call that the capital donut. I love that. Nice. Uh, anybody else have good ideas for donuts? A, a uh, pumpkin spice donut. That's not, but that's not related to Regina. That's just no. you like pumpkin spice. Everybody loves pumpkin spice. Right. That's true. Yep. Uh, my idea is that we get okay. First off, we get the best donuts. Just as a baseline, the best donuts, so good that people will be willing to uh, fill in like a form with their uh, you know, credit card number and uh, you know, social security to get like free donuts for a week. And then we just basically take them for all they're worth, drain their bank accounts, leave them destitute with nothing but like a delicious donut in their hands. Here is another idea. Uh-huh. We tell people that there's this new fancy donut that you get that you can ingest through a needle oh okay okay oh and then it's actually just the covid vaccine so it's like pfizer flavored yeah perfect nice. pfizer flavored sort of, injectable sort of like, donut yeah sort of like the reverse of like you know when your dog like won't eat the medicine and so you have to like you know like crunch it all up and put it in the food yeah. like in peanut butter yeah. yeah, we could just like make, maybe make like a little peanut butter donut and just like sprinkle sprinkle some COVID vaccine on it. Nice. I love it. Okay, I think these are all great ideas, and so we will we will write these uh, up and send them upstairs. And uh, while we're doing that, we will listen to some pre-recorded innovative revenue tools. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. The following is a clip from the September 22nd Executive Committee meeting. You will hear Mayor Sandra Masters expressing her concerns about the intensification levy and its negative impact on development in the center of the city. Enjoy. I have a concern with the donut. I have a concern with an intensification levy which 
Mr. Holden and myself were able to do some industry consultation and the feedback about this, what intensification, intensification levies are a deterrent for development in particularly the downtown warehouse business districts and industrial areas. They do not exist in Saskatoon or Edmonton and in fact the city of Calgary has incentivized people to the nth degree in order to fill up their downtown. Add costs that make development prohibitive and offloads future capacity needs onto singular projects that alternatively, if encouraged to proceed, would offer growth in property tax revenue, paying for capacity over time, and create desired infill projects. Intensification levies create barriers to improving worn out or dilapidated assets in our community, which results in a depleted tax base and a less vibrant, less aesthetic city. And we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Good tools. Always. The best tools. I just wanted to uh, mention, uh, we were talking earlier on, I believe, about the uh, federal election. And I wanted to say that a lot of people uh, seem to object to this particular election because I guess democracy shouldn't happen. I don't know. Uh, But I love the voting, like the accessibility of voting this time. Uh, For example, I didn't even go down to the polling station. I voted through Skip the Dishes. Did you really? Yes. I voted through Skip the Dishes. Even, I don't know how to tell you that I don't think that your vote counted. Yeah, it counted all right. I voted for like um, the dinner for two from um, the India Curry House. It was delicious and hopefully progressive. I I just feel like your vote, I feel like you misunderstood democracy this time. You know, I think democracy should be affordable and delicious i think democracy should be free and why 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 affordable it should be free but i guess someone's gonna someone's gonna foot the bill right well um, you know i can i can write to a dandy curios and say that should have been a free meal you ripped me off you you anti-democratic um uh, fascists yeah, okay, so I know that, uh, I think the Paul's been, like, pretty adamant about this on Twitter, that, like, it's okay that an election happened, and that people need to stop complaining about it, which I totally understand, I totally get that perspective, that, like, no, elections aren't pointless. Every time an election happens, it's not pointless. It's and, pointy. Like, like, we should, totally. But I think calling the election was a way, like, calling the election felt, was, like, a bad decision. Um, yep, no, that, that is that is a valid thing to argue about. I totally agree. And I think especially when we look, I mean, Aiden, like you talked about like accessibility of voting. When we saw that there were like significant numbers of Indigenous communities across Canada who did not have the ability to vote this election, um, like that's a problem. That like, is a problem. And that is just like, that to me feels like voter suppression. And I hate it. Because it makes me feel like I'm like some like just like nut job in the U.S. who's like, dude, like stop the steal. Um, but uh, I feel like we saw like real voter suppression during the federal election, and well, well, that's how voter suppression actually works—not by nefarious conspiracy, but by actually making it more difficult to cast your vote in certain areas. Yeah. And there's always reasons, and they're always BS. Yeah. So I don't know, like even in Yellowknife, my hometown, LOL, wouldn't be a QCIV without me mentioning Yellowknife um, <laughs> because they just recently had all these outbreaks and there's like the Northwest Territories just hit their 1000th case. 
and they have like the hospital like anyway like oxygen anyway it's terrifying but people who are self-isolating because of positive covid tests or like close contacts had no way of voting on election day and so basically the government was like our territorial government was like if you haven't been able to vote yet like maybe you should have voted in advance voting so i don't know it's really scary um I don't want to be like the guy who's defending the man here, but I'm going to defend the man. Well, if we know anything about you, Paul, it's that you just love, you love the man. <sighs> man, hierarchies and bureaucracies, they're my favorite. Um, right. okay, and who's going to do the hassling if not the man? Okay, I can't it. do it. Just defend JT. Paul, yeah. go for it. Uh, well, the one thing for me, and like, 100% on the whole issue of voter suppression. Uh, that was a huge error. Sometimes I think uh, when I'm watching what's going on with federal politics, I feel like the federal liberal liberals think that it's like 1979 and they don't understand that, you know, there's like a pandemic on or that uh, the world has changed around them and they're, they're governing. And I, and I mean, like, I think they understand that there's like, you know, geopolitically things are different, but that they're, they're still running the government the way it was back in the halcyon days of the liberal party. And I think that probably there's like, you know, there's, probably a bit of an old boys club behind the scenes who, you know, are very pampered and insulated from what's going on. But like, honestly, I like one of the things that I found very disturbing about this election though, is that uh, I don't think the liberals called the election because Justin Trudeau has daddy issues. I think that there were um, like, I've, I've heard a lot of rumblings about there were problems with the way the government uh, was being like the way the governance was happening in parliament for the last year. And I don't know what that story is. And I don't know why the government felt the need to call the election now. And that's a story I would have liked to have heard over the course of the election, but that kind of like minutia about, you know, how governing happens and what was the story of the last parliament that necessitated this election call. You never get that from the media. You never get that. We didn't get that from the liberals this time saying, you know, this is why we had to call the election. They never made that case. So um, I like, I'm a big fan of elections and this was a weird one. I wasn't like super stoked going into it, but, uh, I don't think it was the worst thing ever that we had an election right now. And I, but I would have appreciated knowing why it was necessary. Cause I'm, I'm sure there's a better story than the one that we've been fed from the conservatives, which was just, Oh, Trudeau wants his majority. And it's like, okay, but why? And who does, who doesn't want a majority government? I just feel that I, I don't know. I honest, I don't know that I believe that he wanted a majority because that's like what the conservatives have told me. There's like few things. Mm-hmm. I believe that the conservatives tell me. Um, I think I believe that because it was just to me, it's just like written all over his face when he was like, I, we need to get like a mandate from the gov- from the Canadian people. Like we need to know that they still trust us. I'm like, that sounds like bullshit. Like, that just sounds like a lie that you, like, tell someone so that they're like, no, 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 no. like, we do. <laughs> you, know, when, you know, like, when you're, when you're, like, when your friend is like, I know you probably hate me right now. So, like, I'm just, like, just checking in. Like, how are you feeling? Like, you can't be like, no, I hate you. Right. You're like, oh, it's fine. Like, uh, I guess. Or when you've done, like, a really, like, you've gone out to karaoke and you've done a really bad, like, rendition of, like, In the Ghetto. And then... 
you're saying, oh, I know it was terrible, but all your friends feel compelled to tell you it wasn't. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. That's what the election felt like. You know what he should have done instead of having an election is he should have sent a note to everybody in Canada and it would have said, uh, do you like me? Check one if yes, check yep. two if absolutely. Yep. And then we could have solved this whole election problem. And then say, yeah. we are going bowling on Tuesday together at the bottom yep. of the note. Yeah. Yeah. I would have like, I would have been happy with that. I just, I don't know, whatever. I feel like it was a waste of time, but I also will never not exercise my right to vote. I, I should make a confession that whole thing about me voting through skip the dishes, that that was not true. I actually went down to the polling station and voted. Uh, and, but I have to say all the candidates, all five look so good. I, I split my vote five ways for each of them. Good for you. Because I thought that's only fair. All those like empty circles. It, it always makes me so sad to leave them empty. Yeah. I'm just fill in one. I mailed in my ballot. So I Ooh. got to write the name of the candidate. Nice. Ooh. And that I feel like is less, like it makes me less worried about how everyone else is feeling because there's not a bunch of empty spaces. It's just the name of the candidate that you write. Right. Yeah. I always like to vote on voting day. Like I like to make a kind of a deal of it. I get dressed up and, uh, you know, I chat with the poll workers, tell them what a great job they're doing. I don't think I've ever voted on voting day. I think I've maybe for a municipal election, but I've never voted. Like I've always done advanced voting because it's wild. You can just vote anytime. Like yeah. oh, that's yeah. what people don't realize about elections. And that's what I think is so cool. Like first day of the election, you could just like walk into elections Canada office and be like, here's my vote. That's oh, I don't think people realize that. You can just, and some people are like, well, I didn't have time. Like, I was busy on advanced voting days. Uh, sorry, were you busy 30 days straight? We can talk about that forever, but let's move on. Um, well, speaking of elections, you guys are probably wondering, when's the next municipal election if you're so stoked on casting votes? Ooh, yeah, do tell. When's the next municipal election? It was a, it was a bit of a question at the last council meeting, and it was the weirdest vote I have ever seen. The problem was that, you know, we're basically running into a situation where if we run our election four years from the day that it happened, we're going to be overlapping again with the provincial election that's going to be happening in four years. Voter burnout. Exactly. It's a, and it's a real avoid. thing. Yeah. Yep. So they want to avoid that. And so what they wanted to do is they wanted to come up with a different date in the year to vote uh, for voting for municipal and school board. Uh, but they didn't know when. And they had like this big debate where people were like, oh, when do I want to be campaigning? Do I want to be out when it's like cold and snowy or do I want to be out campaigning when it's in the summer? Uh, do I want, uh, do we want to be before the provincial election or after? So they got it down to like, they were discussing May, September, and then December as a potential dates for uh, the municipal election. December will work. Christmas. Yeah. And so they, they just crossed December right off the list. So they had May and September as the two dates. So instead of, you know, and you, this is going to make your head explode, Jack, instead of somebody making a motion to vote on a date, they said, hey, how about everybody say what their favorite month is? I hate that so much. There's nothing <laughs> more than what you've just said to me. So they went around the room and each counselor said September or May instead of yay or nay. And... So then we're going around. And so I'm going to run you through. This is what happened on the day of. Okay. So they let's, started. Okay. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> okay. So September or May? Stadnachuk? May. September. She's totally a fall girl. 
Oh my god, he that should. Hair, that's that's that autumnal, one hundred percent. No, I should have thought about it. I should have thought. I'm thinking. I'm imagining like like a Cosmo quiz. Right. Like, are you are you a fall or are you a spring or are you a right. spring? Okay. Well, Hawkins. He was next. What do you guess? I'm gonna go for May. No. Oh, okay. Hawkins okay. hates the winter. He does not want to be trudging through snow. Oh yeah, like May, February, March, April, going door right. to door. I was thinking like you'd be campaigning in May, but I guess you're right. He would be end up being okay. Right. Okay. Yep. So he picked September. Andrew Stevens. I'm gonna go for May again. Yep. He was a May guy. <sighs> Brishani. September. May. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Findura. Mm, September again. Yep. September. LeBlanc. Oh. May. Yeah. Shaw. September? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Mancinelli. Ooh, tough one. Um, try May for Mancinelli. Yeah. yeah um, oh, September. No. Okay. Now, keep in mind that if you go with May, this cuts your council term from four years to three and a half. Oh, of okay. course, Mole is going with May. Right. Zakidniak. Out of there. He totally wants out. Um, Zakidniak. May. No, she picked September. So this is exciting because this is like split. It's like 50-50, September, May. So Masters, Mayor Masters gets to cast the deciding vote and she picks? May. September. No. September. She picked May. Jack was right. Oh, well. Wow. That's bummer for Hawkins. Who has to trudge through all that snow. Um. What I find really interesting about that vote is that it felt very arbitrary. Yes. But also what I think that we should do is instead of voting yay or nay now, people should have to vote September or May. <laughs> and September <laughs> means yes. And May is no. no. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. The, the, the thing about that, though, that it's like if you vote May, that is like cutting your council term by six months. Yeah, I, I find, I find that a little bit annoying. Salary? Sorry? Do they get the same salary? No, I think it would actually be prorated because they get paid monthly, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm actually kind of enjoying this council. I don't want to see them, like, you know, cut their council term by six months. Oh, I think we lost Aiden. Oh, no. You know, he, he cut his term a little short. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. I, I think what we should also do, I'm sorry, I missed a little bit of what was going on there. But if they're voting for September, for September, May, for yay or nay, every vote should be scored to Kurt Vile's September song. Oh. <laughs> Music cues. Because it, it works out extremely well. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Love it. Council has recommended at 3.5 year terms, basically. So they're, they're asking for a May 2024 election date. This gets decided by the, the province, though. So this is going to go up to Scott Moe's desk, and he's going to decide when the actual election day is going to be. This is just the recommendation coming from uh, the city of Regina. Uh, all the cities and towns in uh, Saskatchewan are doing this exact same vote, uh, not necessarily between September and May, but they're picking a date at some time in 2024 to have their elections, and uh, the uh, provincial government will be making the decision about when the actual date will be. So what, are you, so what are you guys calling then? Do you think Scott Moe is going gonna, is gonna to say yes to, uh, to May? Or do you think that he's going to be like, you know what? Payback. Payback sucks. Remember that oil thing? 
I think he, if he could cut this council's term down to like 18 months, he would freaking do it in a second. <laughs> He'd be like, it will oh. be May, May 2022. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At that council meeting, though, the, the fun thing that happened at this council meeting was that uh, this was like the one that I, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago that um, there was big organizing amongst the anti vaccination crowd to uh, show up at this council meeting with a huge monster protest and uh, let council know that they did not want city manager Chris Holden making decisions for the people of Regina about whether or not they need a vaccination pa- vaccination passport. Right. And uh, so this was going to be decided at this meeting. Sorry, Jack, you were going to say something? No, I was just like, <laughs> I was just pretending to be, an anti-vaxxer with like, I'm like pointing my finger at you because how dare you take my freedom away from me? <laughs> yeah. They came out huge. There was like, I think it was like 14 delegations of anti-vaxxers who came out to like uh... scream at city council about everything. So it was all there. The, all the crazy was left on the floor uh, of city council. Come on. We've been through some long meetings this year. Yeah. 14- that's nothing. No, no, I know. This was actually like shorter than some of the other ones, but we got ivermectin. We got uh, fetal, fetal cells being injected into you through the vaccine. Uh, we got um, uh, totalitarianism, dictatorships, uh, everything. Like everything you heard on Fox News was there. A reference to like the Holocaust or yep. like a hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's just disgusting. Yeah. I am time and time again not surprised by the people of Regina. Did yeah. we see was it a lot of like out of town groups or was it mostly no. local? The story that I've heard is that in the uh, homeschooling community online and fa- on like closed Facebook groups, there was a lot of organizing to come out and speak at the city council meeting. So there was a lot of people from within Regina and uh, a lot of them sounded like, um, sounded like homeschoolers. Weird about the idea of homeschoolers complaining about vaccine mandates is like, isn't the whole thing down South or like, you know, in the States, it's like, our kids should be allowed to go back to school without wearing masks. So like, what, what are the homeschool? Like, are the the homeschoolers like, we should be allowed to homeschool our children. I mean, you're you're looking for a coherent, like principled objection and not just, not just like this bizarre, like grab bag of like reactionary nonsense. So I can see the confusion. And they were demanding that their children be allowed to use city facilities. Oh, to have to be vaccinated. Yeah. And if they had to be vaccinated to go to the pool, then you're not allowing, it mostly was hockey. Hockey came up a ton. You're not letting my kid play hockey. Aren't you allowed, but like you have to either. I thought it was only for city staff have to be vaccinated. No, starting in November, and it might be sooner now because there's going to be a provincial vaccine passport. Uh, the, the motion that was passed and that Chris Holden put through is that uh, if you're going to enter any indoor city facility, you have to have a vac- proof of vaccination if you're, if you're over 12 years old. Right. So 
Right. Well, you know, then like build your own rink. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and that's the thing, like it wouldn't preclude kids because kids can't be vaccinated. They would, however, have to have a, uh, a recent negative COVID test if you See, can't be vaccinated. I understand why that's stressful for parents. I do. My niece recently had to get, um, had to get, she's, I don't know, she's six, five. She recently had to get a COVID test and like, she was telling me about it. She was like, it sucked. Like she knew it was terrible. She was like, it was terrible. It hurt my brain. I don't want to do it ever again. But then do you know what she said to me? She said, but I know that I might have to. And that sometimes you just have to do things you don't want to do. Yep. And I thought to myself, wow, what a brilliant kid, you know? And I'm sure she heard that like from my mom or from her, from my sister. But I just feel like I wish that she could have conversations with all of these people, you know, and just be like, listen, I'm six. Sometimes I gotta do things I don't want to do, but I do them because it keeps everyone safe. Yep. Right. So, but yeah, like, when- I, like watching her t- like recount the story to me that it was like really traumatic for her to like have this thing shoved up her nose. Um, that's probably scary for parents and to like watch your kid like crying or whatever, like as they're, and to think, Oh God, my, if my kid wants to go swimming, they're going to have to do that. Like once every couple weeks. Yeah. That sounds terrible, but it's also like, Tell your kid, like, you can either do that or you can not go swimming until this is all over. Like, pick one. I, like, try to empathize. But at the end of the day, I'm like, my six-year-old niece gets it. So Yeah. She's more of a grown-up than, than those adults storming, storming city council with their delegations. The protest, apparently, was a bit of a bust. Yeah. How many people showed up to the protest? I've only saw, I only saw pictures because I was actually wa- I was watching council when the protest was going on. Uh, the ones that I saw, it looked like 60 people, which was down from the protest they had two weeks earlier, which was more like 200. Wow. So I think, you know, the incident with uh, the flute playing guy and his buddy scooping up that uh, memorial on the steps of the legislature and then getting kicked out of pile of bones. I think images like that sort of blunted some people's like, mm. enthusiasm for these, this crowd of anti-vaxxers. Do so I don't. Embarrassment though. Or do you think that that's about like, it's, is it about like shame or is it about like, Oh, I don't want to be associated with those people because I'm embarrassed, but I still feel that way. Or do you I think, think people are like, shamed out of feeling? Yeah. I think it's the latter. Yeah. I think they, I think there's like an intuitive understanding of the optics of this so it's not it's like i'm gonna i still feel this way i'm just not gonna like publicly say it yeah which i mean sometimes diving you know sometimes like forcing um those types of ideas underground is like not the best yeah and sometimes it's the best well i know <laughs> purely <laughs> pleasurable <laughs> the, the the most in like interesting part or enjoyable part of this council meeting though was uh Councillor Fendura tried to pass an amendment that would require the uh, vaccine passports for city staff, but would rescind the requirement on the general public. That would it was a requirement that you'd have to show a vaccine passport or uh, proof of uh, negative test before entering a city facility. He wanted to rescind that. He said that, you know, everybody should be able to use our facilities. We have to be open to these people who are, you know, perhaps queasy about vaccination. Uh, the only person to support this was Councillor Mole. And Councillor Mole said, um, 
you know, he's double vaccinated and he believes in vaccines and science, but he also believes in the charter of rights and freedoms and that people should be allowed to live their lives. So this, there was a big long debate about this amendment, but it didn't go anywhere. There was only the two votes in favor of it. Everybody else voted against. Councillor Stevens even said he did, he wasn't just opposed to the amendment. He was disappointed that it was brought forward. So thank you, Andrew. Yeah, very stern rebuke yep. from Andrew Stevens. Uh, Councillor Bershani agreed with him. Uh, so then at the end of the meeting, Councillor Hawkins, because this was actually just a receive and file motion. This was just, you know, double checking. It was like double checking the city administrator, uh, sorry, the city manager's work because the city manager had instituted these, this mandate uh, with his delegated authority, but he has to like, you know, show this to the city so that they can like change it or augment it or whatever. So instead of just receiving and filing, Councillor Hawkins decided to pass a motion that uh, city council like applauds the city manager's work and is 100% behind this mandate and uh, fully, fully endorse what he's doing. Really respectable. Yeah. And as he's reading this, so as he's reading his motion, uh, everybody was in the city council chambers. (laughs) And then as soon as he was done and it was time for the vote on Councillor Hawkins' endorsement of the city manager. Everybody was in the city council chambers except for Councillor Mole's chair. Wow. It was basically like it was still spinning (laughs) and empty. You loved that. Adored it. You applauded. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody else voted in favor of Councillor Hawkins' motion, except for Councillor Mole, who fled Henry Baker Hall instead of voting. Didn't just abstain, he fled. Yeah. I love it. Wow. How do you think he would have voted? September or May? Yeah, back for the, I think it was the conversion therapy debate or it was the sponsorship. He asked if he could abstain from voting and he was told that an abstention counts as a no. (laughs) So then he had to vote no, I think it was, or it was yes, doesn't really matter. But he learned his lesson that you can't, you can't abstain, but you can run away. (laughs) wild if you run away so okay if man, what a choice by mole like he is just really doubling down like do you think that maybe he's like trying he's like you know the labor labor movement said they wouldn't they wouldn't re- <laughs> like take back my endorsement watch me <laughs> like that's his vibe like he's just trying to see what he what he has to do to like lose their- <laughs> It's just a great, it's just an experiment in labor relations. All right. With that, we're actually like pretty much out of time now. Well, thanks for catching me up on uh, everything that was happening at city council. Oh, we just scratched the surface. We didn't even get into the aquifer protection. Well, next time. Next time. Yeah. All right. So I guess I'm going to have to call for an adjournment. Okay. Uh, I I think Jack should second the motion to adjourn because that is how it works. Sure, I will second that. I didn't know that I could second or or move motions. Oh yeah, you can you can you can move any motion you want here when Love you're it. on the, when you're in the meeting. But then <laughs> I can't leave before we vote on it. <laughs> That's right. You can you can you can just run, just just take off if you like. Um, wait, in that case, meeting is adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on ninety one point three FM CJTR. We're joining community radio. Tune into the community. We are broadcast. Uh, 
Thursday evening, 7 to 8 p.m. I almost said live, but it's not really anymore. And rebroadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. Find us on Twitter at Queen City IB and our website, queencityib.com. What else? Oh, right. Coming up next, we've got the Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by music all on through the night. That's it. Keep on improving, Regina. And thank you to Jacques Besser for once again being our guest. Thank you.